One and a half percent positivity rate right now. Yeah. I mean, I just tested positive like a few days ago, which when you guys are hearing this, I will have already been way past all of that. Now you've got an excuse for messing up your episode, right? (laughs) You've got COVID brain right now. Yeah, sure. There you go. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Carr. How you doing, Jim? Good. Got that COVID brain, huh? I know. I got that like fogginess in my brain. Yeah, we're still recording remotely today. I'm in my house. You're in your office. And we're trying to make the best of this situation where I'm being quarantined right now. I'm feeling better, but uh, there's still a little bit of fogginess up there, but that's okay. I will work through it. Yeah. So, Jim, I got a question for you. Sure. What do you expect from your employees? Do you expect them just to like punch in, put in their time, and then come back the next day? Or do you expect them to think and act like an owner? Have you ever thought about this? I have, as a matter of fact. Okay. I think it's tough to get them to think like an owner. And Mm -hmm. I try and promote that in our weekly 90-minute production meetings where we talk about everything. That's the place that we come together as a unit and discuss everything from personal to business to whatever the case may be. And we set our strategy going forward. But yes, I want them to believe that they are part of the team, that their decisions, their voice is making a difference in our company. Okay. So I have another question for you. It's not easy. To okay, have them so I have, I have a follow-up question for you. Do you pay them just for their time? So are they just punching in and punching out and that's how they get paid? Is there a disconnect between how you pay them and what you expect or would like? Well, they're hourly employees. So yep. that's how they're paid. They're paid hourly. Okay. They're pay, paid on the time that they're clocked in, okay. if you will. So I guess what I'm kind of like you in your last episode... I've been working through how to perfect our bonus incentive program for a long time. And you know what I want to discuss in this episode is just our new bonus incentive plan that we're doing at Zengers and some simple ways that maybe you can create a bonus plan that drives some kind of action. Because I think that if you want them to behave in a certain manner, but you're paying them in another way, there might be a little bit of a disconnect between the two of them. Does that make sense? Sure. It does. Absolutely. All right. So tell me um, what's going on with you. What's going on at Car Machine that's of note? On the last episode, I shared with you and the Metalworking Nation what's going on at Car, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple new machines, a robot. But in my personal world, you know what I'm seeing a lot of? All of our friends, my wife's and my friends that we've had for 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. all those kids are getting married now. So We've got a wedding next month in Orlando, Florida. We've got a wedding downtown at the Renaissance. We've got a wedding in Virginia. It's happening. It's happening. And likewise, my kids are probably going to be in that cycle in the next couple of years as well. And then pretty soon you'll be a grandpa. Oh, geez. Yeah, I guess. Not looking forward to that. But uh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. But that's okay. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. That's one of the things when you're getting older, things happen. You know, people start getting sick. People start getting married. I mean, it's tough. I know. But it's we're looking forward to it. You know, it's time for us. We can get away. It takes a little bit of a break, makes us, forces us to take a break. 
add a day or two personal so I don't have to come back. I'm so definitely soon. not where you are. My youngest is three, going to be four at the end of right. March. So, you know, your yeah. friend's kids are not getting married yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in that, that same stage. But you know what? It's, it's crazy because, you know, all the people that our friends who were at our wedding 33 years ago, it's really comes full circle when you end up going to your kids' weddings. There you go. You know what I mean? So anyway, you asked. That's what's new in my personal life. How about you? What's going on personal? Well, so it's kind of funny. I just mentioned that I'm working at my house today and I just went downstairs and my wife was at the um, kitchen counter working and she was just vending to me because her company, Black Industrial and Safety Supply, is certified as a minority-owned business, an MBE, a woman-owned business, WB, and a disadvantaged business, DBE, because the size and those other designations. And she was just venting to me about the onerous process that it is to go through that certification and like the government's portals and like oh my god it's just deal with the worst it's the worst <laughs> yeah i mean i have to deal with my own like administrative stuff associated with that with just dealing with compliance and stuff like that i was like gosh i'm glad i don't have to deal with that yes <laughs> so. every year we have to sign up for itar yeah and it's a pain every yeah. year yeah it's so cumbersome to get through the government website and get it done and logins and so i'm practicing a new thing in my marriage where you know she was just venting to me about work related stuff and instead of coming to her with a solution i just listened and repeated back to her tried to do active listening and i didn't try to solve the problem for her, which is the way that i used to try to handle everything that you know my wife would say to me <laughs> You're honestly getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So moving on, I have some manufacturing news and it's kind of related to COVID because IMTS is coming back. And the manufacturing news that I have is from IMTS.com. It's from the IMTS Insider. And the title of the article says, Illinois and Chicago's vaccine and mask mandates to end February 28th anticipation builds for IMTS 2022. So obviously doesn't really have a lot to do with the state of Illinois and Chicago with why there was no IMTS 2020. However, the state of Chicago and Illinois is definitely a factor for IMTS 2022. Yes. And the good thing is, is that because I know that there's been some discussions amongst the metalworking nation, amongst people we know, and that, hey, what is Chicago going to do when it comes time to IMTS? Are they going to make people wear masks? Are they going to mandate vaccines? All this kind of stuff. And this is just Jim and Jason talking. This is not coming from IMTS. I'm just reading their article. But the good news is, is that on February 9th, Pritzker, Governor Pritzker, revealed plans to lift Illinois' indoor mask mandate by February 28th with the exception of schools, which I don't like that, but that's a whole nother discussion. And then on February 22nd, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that the city's mask mandate, as well as the city's vaccine requirement for restaurant patrons, will also end on February 28th as a result of decreased COVID-19 metrics. So this is great news. You know what it I mean? Great it's news. great news yeah. for just so many reasons. Like I'm done with it. Yeah, I'm done with it. It's like, I want to just have fun. I don't want to have these restrictions. It's getting too much. You know what I mean? I'm glad like all the COVID cases are down. I mean, I'm one and a half percent positivity rate right now. Yeah. I mean, I just tested positive like a few days ago, which when you guys are hearing this, I will have already been way past 
all of that. Now you've got an excuse for messing up your episode, right? Because <laughs> you've got sure. COVID brain right now. Yeah, sure. There you go. But anyway, so I'm glad to hear that these things are being lifted. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in September, but right, the metalworking nation can feel good about making their plans for IMTS 2022. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a party. There's going to be a heck of a lot of technology for everybody to see. I'm really excited about it. One of the things that people are talking about, well, you know, so-and-so is not displaying there. And so, you know, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like whatever individual decisions those companies made, don't worry about it. Right. The show is going to be amazing. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, every brand has to make their own decision. Yeah. On if they're I mean, Zenith doesn't have a booth at IMTS either. You know what I mean? Car. Exactly. Well, there's no reason for us to, right. but exactly. It doesn't make any difference. If a brand decides not to be there, that it's not in their best interest, that the ROI isn't there, fine. No yeah, problem. Exactly. Go ahead. But I'm looking forward to IMTS. It's going to be a great show. I'm excited that they're lifting these mandates. It's going to be a party, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode, as you know, Jim, I've talked to you about this before. I call it my BIP, my bonus incentive program, or yep. bonus incentive plan. And I haven't unveiled this to my team yet, so I'm going to talk about it here on making chips first. But it's going to be, I think, a very simple approach to my BIP that I'm going to introduce to my team next week. I've had more complicated BIPs in the past, but I'm going to see how this one works. One of the nice things is that since this is a bonus, I can experiment with how I structure it. So I can change it from year to year. I don't want to ever give the impression that the way we do it now has any kind of like permanence in the future. So as long as I've been the owner of the company, I've shared profits with my team. I'm always going to continue to do that. And I like having a a BIP that we can constantly refine and make it better. One of the things that I want to try to do this year is to simplify it a little bit. So you don't currently have like any kind of formalized bonus incentive program, do you? Not for shop floor people, no. Okay. So let's talk about that. So that's a good segue because in the past, I've tried to create a bonus incentive program that applied to everybody for the same program. And one of the things that I found out is that because I was trying to make it apply to everybody, I tended to make it a little bit too complicated because I'm trying to make one good program for everyone. And the problem was, is that I couldn't hone into the behaviors and the results that I wanted to promote and the rewards that went along with those that would apply to everybody. So I really couldn't do it as well as I wanted to. So did you like how I used that word hone too? Yes. H-O-N-E. Yes. Yes, Like, you know what honing is, right? I used to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's a dirty job. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Your hands get all oily and stinky and. Yeah, exactly. We saw a lot of honing supplies. So I decided that I would break down this BIP into three different groups. Okay. What I would call my core team, which I think you just called like your shop floor my sales team, and then my leadership team. I think that all three of those groups have unique, would require unique approaches to how we incentivize and motivate them. You're going to have three different structural BIPs. Yeah, three different structural BIPs. And the one that I'm going to talk about in this episode of Making Chips is going to be the BIP for the core team. So for what you would call, in your case, the shop floor. Now, I don't run a shop. I run a cutting tool and tooling distributorship. So what I do is a little bit different. So I'm going to talk about my experience and we're going to see how we can apply that possibly to where you are. I do know that there's probably some constraints maybe as it relates to like ISO registration and stuff like that as far as, you know, people's behaviors and activities. So we could talk about that as well. Okay. Are these hourly paid 
employees? Yes. Okay. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do these employees work overtime? Yes. These team members work overtime. So by large, they're consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Okay. But we're talking like an hour a day, an hour a day of overtime. Oh, okay. It's very regular overtime that they're working. They're working 45 hours a week. Usually. I mean, these are the people that are getting things done for our clients. So they're getting them the cutting tools and the supplies they need. They're doing customer service. They're doing fulfillment. They're accounting, vendor managed inventory, my drivers. That's who I'm designing this particular BIP around that we're going to talk about today. The sales team and the leadership team, that'll be structured differently. It has to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, I tried to do it together before and, you know, it was okay. And especially the sales team, they're Well, they're incentivized by how their sales, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if they want to sell $2 million more a year, they have to have a map or a plan to Mm -hmm. get there, right? Yeah, exactly. And then they'll be incentivized by that extra $2 million of sales that they do a year. Exactly. Yeah, kind of like how you manage John probably differently than you would your shop floor. Who's your sales manager? We don't have a BIP on our shop floor. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So essentially, there was four things that I wanted to get out of the BIP. I wanted to incentivize certain behaviors. So I wanted to promote those behaviors that I wanted people to do. I wanted to drive certain results. I wanted to reward for those results. And then I wanted to make it easy for me to manage. Because if I was making it too complicated for me to manage, I felt that it would just be a failure right from the start. It would be frustrating and it wouldn't be good for anybody because I probably would just always be frustrated with the program. Sure. So those are the four things again. Again, one, incentivize particular behaviors, drive certain results, reward for those results, and then make it easy for me to manage. I'm writing them down. Okay. Behaviors. And then what's the second one? Drive results. Results. Okay. Reward for results. Well, wouldn't that be the same thing? Well, and I would also say re- reward for behaviors too. So reward for results and behaviors, and then make it easy for me to manage. For you to manage them. Manage the bit. Oh, okay. But the incentivize them, it's for behaviors and results. Yeah. Those those are the criteria. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit. So we're going to break down each one of these. So incentivize certain behaviors. So these are, you know, we've talked on the show before, Jim, about leading and lagging indicators, right? Yeah. So when I say incentivize certain behaviors, what I'm talking about is these are the behaviors that lead to the results that you're looking for. So the easiest example that I can give would be, you've heard about the trend in intermittent fasting? Yes. Okay. And check with a doctor before you do any of this, because I'm not a doctor. I'm just a host on making chips. I don't know. I do things for myself, but I don't want to recommend to you. But there's a lot of people, including myself, that have been essentially intermittent fasting, narrowing the window that they eat within in order to lead them to a desired result. So that result could be weight loss. It could be sleeping better. It could be feeling better. It could be more energy. You know, there's a lot of benefits out there that intermittent fasting leads to. So intermittent fasting is the behavior and those other things like weight loss and better sleep are the results. So intermittent fasting is the lead. Weight loss is the lag. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of ways that you can figure out what behaviors to incentivize for. So I think that the easiest way to do that would be to look at the issues that you have as a company and then identify what behaviors 
could be implemented on a regular basis that would solve those problems. So going back to the whole analogy that we just made, if one of your issues is you're overweight or you can't sleep very well, or you're just generally unhealthy, what behaviors could lead towards solving that problem? And I think that you could do that same thing out on your shop floor, or in the case of my company, in the way that I manage my cutting tool distributorship by saying, what problems do we have out on the shop floor where we can incorporate certain behaviors and hopefully make them a part of the normal routine of everybody in order to drive the solving of those problems? So here's an example, Jim, and you can let me know if you like this or not. Let's just say that you're having problems on the shop floor with dermatitis and skin problems and stuff like that, which largely come as a result of poor coolant management. Does that sound like a common shop problem? Not here. Maybe not at your company, but you've seen it in other places, right? I've heard of it once Okay, in my entire career. I can tell you that it is a problem. And it's something that can be managed. And we do help some of our clients to manage it. I thought you were going to say something like coming to work on time, not being that's late. A, no, that's, a beha- that's a behavior. Jim, that is another one. Okay. Yeah. That is another good example. That is actually, I'll talk about this later, but I actually have that on our worksheet is part of qualifying for the BIP is that you have to show up to work every day on time. So that is definitely another one. But let's just talk about very simply the whole dermatitis problem. So let's just say you have a coolant management problem. Say it's a bigger shop. You're not as like kind of intimately involved in what's going on the day-to-day with all of your team. And let's just say that the behavior that you're trying to incentivize is simply checking concentration of your coolant and taking the appropriate actions in order to solve those problems. So that is the behavior that you're trying to go through. Like you're having somebody that's taking a refractometer on a daily basis and they're checking the coolant levels. And maybe it's not dermatitis. Maybe it's you're trying to solve a tool life problem. It could be a variety of different issues that you're trying to solve. But what you're doing is that you're starting with what are the issues out on our shop floor and what behaviors could I implement on a regular basis? Usually it's like daily or weekly in order to solve that problem. And then I'm going to incentivize my team in order to do that every single day or every single week, whatever we decide to do. And the way that I'm doing it is that I'm taking about three to four different behaviors or activities for each person and I'm holding them accountable for doing those in order to qualify for the BIP. They have to be all responsibilities or behaviors that are common between all of the the employees, right? No, good question. So we're going to get to the end where I talk about like the worksheet that I came up with. And I have about half of the behaviors are group behaviors. And then half of them are individual or maybe like two or three people within a department. So I would say that you can customize them to the person. Okay. Of course, it depends on the size of your company. You know what I mean? If you have a lot of people that are doing the same thing, there's no reason to give them each a customized one. But I would say they don't have to be the same for the entire company. But there are some that are going to be the same across the company. So for example, we have a online tool that we use that helps support the culture of our company. And it's kind of like a message board, but it's way more sophisticated than that. It has like a shout out wall. And basically, 
it gives everybody the opportunity to give like kind of like a virtual high five and say, hey, Carla, good job on solving that problem for Car Machine and Tool. You really came through in a clutch and Jim told me that he appreciates that. And I can post this on, on our shout out wall and then everybody sees it. People can make comments. People can put like a little emoji on it and stuff like that. And it really helps to promote team building. It's super quick and easy to use. Now, some people use it all the time. Some people never use it. Right, of course. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that I incentivize everybody to use it. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, in order to qualify for the BIP, you've got to be seeing things that your team members are doing. You're just, maybe you're shy. Maybe you're just not comfortable with giving a shout out, whatever the reason is, but I'm going to make that a requirement in order to qualify for the BIP. And so that behavior is actually common across the entire company. But then there's other behaviors, say like the coolant problem that you're trying to solve that would be individual to a particular person or to a particular role in the company that multiple people have. Okay. So does that make sense? It does. Okay. Is there anything that you could think of offhand that would be like a repeated behavior that you're like, I wish my guys would be doing this on a regular basis and I'm tired of asking them to do it or just whatever else that it is. It could be showing up on time. Right. So for my shop, behaviors that are going to end with results are coming to work on time, good setup times on their jobs. Mm -hmm. But that's objective because let's say one particular person, whether they're working on a brand new job that we've never run on the shop floor, Mm -hmm. is going to take a lot longer to set up. So if one person is doing prototyping, and one person's doing repeat work, of course, the job that's repeat work is going to be significantly faster. Of course. And we got metrics on it. The other one we've never done before. So setup time is a big thing. We've already got a plan in place right now to reduce setup time for next month. Yeah. So what I would say, and we're not going to be able to solve this setup time issue with you guys. No. But what I would say is, and I think you were trying to say it's it's the setup time is subjective because objective would be if it's related to an object like the predetermined setup time or something like that. But anyway, you could be asking yourself, well, why is setup time always an issue or why does setup time vary so much? You know what I mean? Between users. And once you find out by asking why enough times, you might determine that there actually is a behavioral issue associated with the reason why setup times are done absolutely in the amount of time that they're supposed to be. Yeah. It could be something silly like their tools are all over the place in the morning. You know what I mean? So the behavior could be that I mean, they like they leave their area a mess. They leave their area a mess at the end of okay. the day and then they come back in the morning and it's still a mess and then setup takes a long time. So the behavior could be the end of every day you have to clean and organize all of your tools, all of your precision tools, all of your cutting tools, whatever needs to be done in order to prepare your area for making sure that when you show up in the morning on time, you are ready to set that job up and it gets set up that much quicker. Yep, so I get it. I that's get where you need to, Yeah, so that's why you need... I'm getting a red flag. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm getting a red flag for the failure of this BIP. Okay, go ahead. Who is going to manage the metrics? Good question. We're going to get there. (laughs) That's where it's going to be really difficult. And that's a great question. And I've got an answer for you, but we're not quite there yet. So 
that's my number four, th- where we talk about managing the BIP. It's got to be easy. And I told you that it's got to be easy. Got to okay. be easy. It's got to be easy. So the next thing is that we want to drive certain results. So typically, these are like vanity metrics, like in the example that we use weight loss or average hours of sleep. Or in the case of business, it could be sales, profit, customer satisfaction. In the case of making chips, it could be podcast downloads. These are the things that we call lags or lagging measures because they already happen. You can't do anything about them anymore or about the results because they've already occurred. You know what I mean? Yep. Your sales for 2021 has already happened. There's no activities that you could take right now that are going to contribute to better sales in 2021. Unless you cook but the you books. Cook, unless you cook the books, which I'm not suggesting. No, <laughs> so, it's illegal. Um, exactly. So <laughs> the lag results are the things that you want to drive. This is what you're aiming for. So in the specific example that we talked about, about dermatitis, maybe you're trying to lower the reported incidence of dermatitis, or maybe you're trying to lower the number of hours lost due to to dermatitis, or maybe as it relates to coolant, you have some kind of like tool life measure because as you know, coolant relates to your tool life. Some people may disagree with me, but I think when you're attributing a lag measure to a lead measure that's too specific, you might actually be overcomplicating things. So what I would suggest and what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to just focus on a overall lag measure like sales or profit. And I'm going to believe that we have a good enough culture that I can teach my people that these behaviors are going to eventually contribute to sales and net profit in a way that they can all contribute to that. So I'm not going to like finely tune the lag and the lead measures too heavily to each other because I don't want to overcomplicate it too much. But you can if you want to. Does that kind of make sense? It does. Okay. Do you have any other questions about about that, about driving the results? I'm questioning ROI on all of this. Okay, okay. So the way I'm explaining it is a lot more complicated than what it actually has to be in practice too. Right. So I think what you'll find, I have like a worksheet that I could share with you how I do it, but I think what you'll find is that it's going to be a little bit easier. And I'm going to find out, you know what I mean? But I think it's going to be a little bit easier to manage than, than what you think it is. Okay. Then you need to figure out, okay, well, what's the reward that we're going to give people? So I think that there's basically two big rewards that people want. It's either time or money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Time is money. It, yeah. Well, time is money, but it's like, it's basically time. And I think the difficult one to do is time. You can incentivize, you can put this into place and you can give your people incentive in order to earn more PTO. But I think that that might be a little bit more difficult to implement. So I'm going to manage all of my BIPs just based on bonus money. So it's going to be, it's just going to be based on money. And I'm going to be paying them out on a weekly basis for the BIP because I want them to reap the rewards of what they do immediately. Exactly. In a nutshell, the way that I'm going to do it is you can earn X if you do the behaviors. Okay. You can earn two times X if you do the behaviors and we achieve our sales goal. You can earn three times X if you do the behaviors and we achieve our sales goal two weeks in a row. So to me, that's pretty simple. It's going to be a smaller amount every single week, but I think that that small amount is actually going to add up to a larger amount for the year. And that's kind of what I'm going for. And I think that one of the easiest ways that you can 
one of the easiest things you can do to determine how much to reward people on a weekly basis is just to say, okay, how much bonus money do I want to allocate to each person on an annual basis? And then just divide that by 52 or divide it by 50, whatever is easier. Make sense? It does make sense. Okay. And I'm just giving you my honest opinion, no, as, I, as I always do. It just sounds like a lot of work. And I don't necessarily know that the employees are going to really want that. I don't know. I mean, if you don't try, you'll never know. Yeah. So good luck. And please let us all know how well or how successful it goes. Okay, so we're not done yet. So now we're going to get to the part where you talked about it being too complicated, okay? Exactly. Or, being, or being hard to manage, okay? Or both. Or both. So basically what I've done is I've created like a one-page worksheet for everybody, okay? And it lists each one of their behaviors. So let's just use the easy one. Arrive on time every day. Everyone understands that. Okay, everybody understands that. That's an easy way to do it. Okay, so arrive on time every day is one of the behaviors. Now, the thing that I want to make sure that I do is that I want this to be self-tracking and I want this to be on the honor system. Okay, so what they're going to do is at the end of the week, they're going to answer yes or no, whether they were on time and at work every single day. Okay, and then they're going to sign the BIP saying that they are attesting to the fact that they were on time and arrived at work every single day. So it's on the honor system. So if we go back to like the coolant example, one of the behaviors might be refracting the coolant, right? And so they're going to sign off and they're going to say, yes, I refracted the coolant every single day. Cool. So it's going to be 100% on the honor system. And at the end of the week, they're going to sign off on it and they're going to hand it into one of the leaders on my team who's also going to basically communicate to me who hit their bonus and who didn't. Okay, so you're not going to be managing it. I'm not going to be. Ma See, so once again, it's going to be on the honor system and it's going to be self-tracking. Okay. So I don't want to have to track whether people are showing up. I don't want to verify whether they're showing you're up on time every day. You know what I mean? You don't have to give me a number, but... Sure. Is this weekly bonus value less than $10? No, no. $50. Again, let's think about it in terms of like annual amount. Like how much would you want to annualize it to? Okay. Whatever, whatever. You could divide by 12, divide by 52, whatever you want to do. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference. I just want to know if one of my employees said they're going to get $5 a week. No, be like, no, no. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be, I yeah. mean, that's hardly incentivizing them. Yeah. You know what we'll I mean? Think, we'll think Five about bucks it. a week isn't anything. I agree. I agree. But what do you think would be significant? 50 bucks a week? I try to get to work on time if I got an exactly. extra 20 bucks, bucks a week. week. And that way, I mean, if, if it's 20 bucks a week, I mean, maybe not for you, but maybe for somebody on your team. But what if like $20 was the base? And then if you hit your sales goal, it went to 40. And then if you hit sales goal twice in a row, it goes to 60. Right. It would get some legs. It would get some legs. And the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm not going to tell them when we hit the sales goal. I want them to be talking about it and be looking up the numbers themselves. Okay. Because I think that the simple act of them being proactive about it, it's going to make it more real for them. It's not just going to be this like arbitrary bonus amount that I give to them. They're actually going to be searching it out. And if they go to me and they say, I did my behavior, but we didn't hit our sales goal. And then I found out that we actually did hit our sales goal. Well, should I pay them double or should I just mm -hmm. pay them the regular amount? Right. 
because they didn't know that we hit the sales goal or not. I want them to actually be talking about it and to actually make it an impactful part of their behavior that they're going after. So I want them going to me and be like, Jason, I did everything that you asked me to do and we hit our sales goal. And so this is how much you need to pay me in bonus. Cool. Because I think at the end of the day, that's going to be more impactful for them. So I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that kind of solves that whole problem that you gave as far as like it being too complicated and, and how do they manage it? Because each individual person is going to be managing it for themselves. Got it. I understand. Yep. Cool. Any thoughts on how like maybe this is something that you could incorporate at your place? I mean, you could just do it based on showing up on time. It could be something very simple like that. You could use it to solve any kind of problems in the shop. It could be something as silly as the floor is not clean to your satisfaction. And so one of the behaviors is that. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I don't want to incentivize people for getting to work on time when that's their accountability is to get to work on time. I understand. I don't want to incentivize people to have good times on their jobs because that's what they're getting paid to do. And we're a team. And if somebody's not doing their job appropriately, then I think we as a team should come together and say, hey, Jason, you know, you're really kind of like slacking off. I can see it. You need to amp it up. Because I think that it's going to create a little bit of um, competition in your place. And I don't know. I don't know. Well, see, I'm trying to go for more of like a self-managing company. So that's Mm -hmm. my goal. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to be kind of on the same page as far as what's expected of them. I don't want to necessarily have to do a review for everything. I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm just trying to be the play the devil's advocate here. I understand. You're the contrarian. That's okay. Yeah, I totally, totally am. But you know, we all run our businesses a little differently. And I was raised on old school mentality. And I've really made strides over the last five, 10 years to move away from that. But still, at the end of the day, I think you're supposed to be here at a certain time. You're supposed to start at a certain time. Mm -hmm. That's what you get paid for. And then we look at that when we give our annual performance reviews. Hey, Jason, you really got to improve on get to work on time or else you're not going to get a raise. Yep. It's going to contribute to your salary. Yeah. I think you're managing the behavior in just a different manner than how I'm talking about managing it. Yeah. I just think it's crazy to incentivize somebody to get to work on time when that's what they're accountable to be doing. Okay. So just as a point of clarification, we were only using that as an example. Yes, I know. Yes, it is on my worksheets. However, it's almost like a ticket to entry. You know what I mean? It's not the actual behavior that we're trying to incentivize. It's like kind of the table stakes to even being on the playing field. Right. Okay. But I agree with you. I mean, when it comes down to it, yes, you are paying your team to do a job and they have to do that. What we're talking about here is doing things that are over and above what maybe they have been doing, whether they should have been doing it or not. And we're trying to instill new behaviors into their day-to-day routine. And you don't have to keep this the way that you could change this in the future. You can say to yourself, okay, now that we've instilled this behavior into you, we're going to change it and we're going to amp things up. You know what I mean? We're going to keep elevating your performance and the behaviors that we expect from you on a regular basis. And it's just that this BIP worksheet is the means by which we manage that. And so I'm managing it through the BIP worksheet. 
because I'm trying to promote a self-managing company, you're managing it, I think, through more like performance reviews where you would have that middle manager doing those reviews of those people. Here's how I'm managing. I'm managing it by the cultural. What is the cultural thing? Well, I think we both have that in this. I think you have to have the strong culture for both of us in order to be successful. Yeah, because if you have a culture where everyone's coming to work late, that needs to be fixed, right? I agree. I agree. And we don't have that problem. No, we don't have. I mean, occasionally people come late, but it's but I it's think not it's chronic. It's not chronic for sure. I think you're kind of missing the point a little bit in that wasn't the one. There was just an easy behavior to talk about it because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. But that's not like the overarching behavior that we're trying to incentivize people for. Got it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got a job to do. You got to make some chips. I know because man, if you are not making chips, you're certainly not making money. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.